0: A start on demand. On demand.
1: Woo! it, baby. Something a little different for you. Oh
0: yeah! <laughs> Thank God it's Party! eleven kisses, baby. It's a day that many of us look forward to. I know I know, lots of you are just starting your work week. I was talking to the woman who served me my tea at Tim Hortons this morning. I said, is it your weekend? She says, no, it's my Monday today. So for everybody starting their work week in the middle of their work week, thanks for doing what you do. But for those of you looking forward to this weekend, happy Friday to you and happy last day of work for, I don't know, 19 days, McNabb?
1: I haven't counted. I haven't thought about it, but man, I—I I don't know what's going on these days. I don't want to bring everyone down, but I cannot sleep. I have not slept more than three hours a night. I don't know for at least ten days now. So if I can just get some sleep, see some family, have some cuddles, relax—I don't know. I might. I'm. I'm uh, hoping to uh, try some water skiing for the first time in a few Ooh. years, Craig. So I might come back with a broken leg or something. Nice. <laughs> so One gear, two. Just skier looking forward too. to the time. Oh, I always start on, I I can get up on one, but it's harder. So these days, it's, well, these days, three years ago, it was a start on two, but I do drop to one.
0: I'm impressed. I'm very impressed.
1: It's like all things, you know, when you you have a skill that you've learned, Mm -hmm. I like to try to do it once, every once in a while, just to say I still can. Does that make sense? You know, like, you're like, oh yeah, I can ski. Like, can I I do it well? No, but I... (laughs) I can do it. I that's feel kind of like I've seen
0: video of this. Did you send us video last time you were water skiing? I feel like you may have.
1: I don't think so. It's well, been a while. I, want- I feel like it's been, I, I, if I can do it, you will get it. Listen, if that's something I can get a video of and brag about, I would have definitely done that.
0: So we'll see. Okay. Well, if it happens, I want video, please and thank you. And of course, it it, it is Friday. There's lots to discuss. But we need to have some fun, and we will. And I think disco is going to show up a couple more times this morning as we talk a little bit of music, as we aim to give away $20 gift certificate from Santa Lucia Pizza. And at 7.15, we will give away that $750 gift certificate from our friends at Total Flooring. But uh, let's face it, there are still some serious issues that we need to to navigate this morning, including the drought.
1: Oh, And, you know, we know that it's been a situation for many producers. The federal egg minister was in Manitoba yesterday to talk about what support they would provide. And and the province is also talking drought. So we're going to speak with a a farmer on just after 6.35 on what he's seen and what he thinks about the plan to be there for producers this year. Because, yes, we've had some rain. We've seen some slightly improved conditions, but there's a lot some are left to go and so there's the farmer angle there's beef producers there's cattle producers there's of course the pulse crops and wheat and all the rest that we're watching and then we're working to bring on the mayor of Morden because in the southern part of the province, uh, in my community, there's been various stages of different kinds of water bans. Uh, there's been fire bans, of course, we know, for good reason. And then in Morden, where there's the man-made lake there, that's one of the places that was highlighted by the province yesterday as the situation being a little bit more, if it's not dire, it, it's getting there. The water is way below normal levels, and so they, they're they counting it in a matter of weeks in terms of when they might Run out, Greg, and so we're working to bring on the Morton just to chat about that situation because uh, water, water is life, man, and and it's not just about feeding your lawns or your crops or your gardens. They're talking their drinking supply there, Greg.
0: Yeah, that that's horrifying to hear uh, on the prairies here where. Fresh water is one of our most precious, but also abundant resources. To imagine there's a community facing something like that it is overwhelming. So that's why we wanted to bring that story to you. As Loren said, said, we are working to bring on the mayor of Morden. The Olympics are underway. The opening ceremonies right now, if I'm not mistaken. Lots of people excited, but maybe more people is it possible disappointed that these games are happening? Period, Loren.
1: Well, I really feel for these athletes, first of all, you know, you work your whole life to something and then they then they get delayed like they did last year. And you don't know if you'll get back, you know, depending on your age or how good you are at something or the qualification rules. And so now they're back at it. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people saying, I don't think we should be doing this right now. And it's come with all sorts of controversy. I was just reading even this morning about the American swimmer who um, one of the American swimmers who who is unvaccinated and how that's causing questions. You know, every time he goes out to compete, that will be one of the questions for him. Why aren't you vaccinated? And his name is Michael Andrew. And it's causing a bit of a kerfuffle there in terms of how that spreads to the rest of the U.S. swim team. So just all these outside things. you know, they just want to go in and swim, but they can't either because the world is asking the questions about vaccination status. Should you be there? What are your protocols? How are you keeping people safe? I I don't know. For me right now, they're already happening. It's on. We've decided we're sending people. We've got some Manitobans there that we can cheer on. So for me, I'll be watching it still as I normally do, although it it does feel a bit odd, but I, I do always love particularly in summer because it's sort of just this nice break to watch uh, them do their thing.
0: Big big news in southern Manitoba yesterday, you got a haircut.
1: Oh yes. I didn't know where you were going with this. That is my first I think it was six or seven months. And basically the advice, she's like, What are we what are we doing here? And I was like, Um, it's crunchy, so I think that's not how hair is supposed to be. It's kind of like the drought and the dryness and the hair. I, I have I had straw for hair. Yeah, it felt good. It felt real good.
0: Good. Well it'll help you get get up on those water skis. Lots of water skiing stories coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mentioned
1: I was going to try to do some water skiing again this summer for the first time in a few years and and one of our listeners texted with a great story about how a buddy lied, called the boss, didn't go into work one day, said he was sick, went out water skiing as he was coming into shore. Fell, landed on top of the dock, broke his leg, opened his eyes. Boss is standing on the dock. So he got fired and broke his leg that day. Oh, my
0: word. I only saw the beginning of that story and a couple of others, including one of our listeners celebrating. Was it their grandmother at 75 getting up on water skis?
1: Yeah, I think she got up and then fell down. And from what I understand, some expletives followed. So you're never too old. It might not be easy, but you're never too old.
0: Let's start this half hour with this. Yes, there has been rain this week. And a little bit of rain in southern Manitoba this morning, but not nearly enough to turn around, which is becoming a tragic year for Western Canadian food producers. Yesterday, Loren, some relief from Ottawa.
1: Yeah, so help is on the way for Canadian farmers and ranchers that have been infected, severely affected in many cases by this year's drought. The Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo announced several steps yesterday after she toured Manitoba's Interlake region to see how this extreme weather has been affecting crop losses, crop quality, and of course reducing forage and water supplies for livestock. Global News anchor Lisa Dutton has the details on what was said.
2: An enhanced hay disaster benefit to help offset the high cost of cattle feed and its transportation. The programs are being supported by the federal and provincial governments. Those hard hit by the extreme weather conditions can also access an adjusted cost-shared egg reinsurance program and a livestock tax deferral.
3: Well, so I think it's uh, another very concrete proof that we are being hurt by climate change, that, that farmers are the first one to feel it real in the field. And uh, this is why we have to do both. We have to support our farmers with business risk management and different
1: programming to support them now. Yeah, some short-term things they need to do now. And then they're talking about the long-term issues that might come. But Bebo said Ottawa is working really close with the provinces to respond as quick as possible, Greg.
0: Yeah, the Smith Farm has been in the family since 1953. Originally a dairy farm, the Smiths began raising pigs on their quarter section near Argyle, Manitoba in 1967. We say good morning to our friend Ian Smith, who operates this farm today. Good morning, Ian.
3: Good morning, how are you?
0: We're doing okay. The uh, question is, how are you, and have you ever seen anything like this in all your years?
3: No, well, I'm 58 years old. I mean, I never lived through the 30s or nothing like that, of course, but my mom had. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is just as bad, I think, is, is what I hear about the 30s, are. The way things were done back in those days, there was lots of plowing, there wasn't uh, soil conservation like uh, zero till and all that stuff. And so now we're into more fancy technology, I guess you could say, conserving uh, the soil and things like that. And we're no better off. And it's just, you know, I feel sorry for the politicians in one way and everybody it's rain we need money is sure we need money or help that way but it's rain and nobody can give us rain it's awful out here
1: so describe what it looks like around you Ian like what it should look like and and, and how this personally impacts maybe your own operations I know you originally were a dairy farmer, as Greg said and now there's pigs in a quarter section I mean describe what you see what it, what should your fields and the area around you look like at this time of year
3: Well, I've got uh, one field of peas here. Uh, I rent this uh, field out to this fella, and uh, he's growing peas, and I get the pea straw. And I was out in it yesterday, and uh, it's like maybe 18 inches high. Mm -hmm. Last year it was three feet high. And uh, I rely on that straw when it comes through the combine for uh, feed for the cattle, not the sole ration, but uh, it helps substitute uh, uh, other hay for the cattle. And there won't be nothing and um in like the pastures it's like walking on cardboard there's nothing out there the water while i'm lucky there's a well where my cattle are and they're getting fresh water and that and that's the saving grace there but i'm i'm pretty not bad compared to uh, others you know i'm not uh, crying the blues about myself it's others that are hurting a lot worse than me that's in the interlake here north of me and that they're the ones that are suffering more than i am suffering Ian, they realize cad, uh, that's all they have is cattle uh, i'm diversified i got cattle chickens uh, and uh, hogs and so i'm more diversified but you know, these guys that are just straight to uh, cattle or or just straight sheep or bison or whatever they're suffering big time
0: I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ian. We're hearing stories about ranchers having to sell off their herds partially or even entirely. And that diversification is something that you've incorporated. But typically your uh, operation like others is somewhat self-sufficient in terms of water in cer- terms of feed just maybe before we let you go give us an idea of of how self-sufficient a, a successful ranch ought to be when it comes to water feed and the whole process
3: well i mean gee whiz, these guys they've we've all lived uh, with the dugouts in our pastures and and sloughs and all that but um the writing has been almost on the wall. This is like the third, fourth, the dry year for many people. And uh, 88 was a dry year, and we've had dry years in between. Maybe some, sometime along the line, and it's a little too late maybe now to say, but maybe some, uh, some wells should have been dug back in the day and fresh water. Animals can survive a lot, lot better on good fresh water than they can on Dug out water or spoo water and maybe that's what's saving my uh, right now uh, the cattle are almost on cardboard to pasture but uh, good water will substitute some grass at times you know because they fill up with water yes they need grass but then you need water and there's no water out there for them and there's and uh, in regards to the uh this green feed business and that there's got to be a cooperation between the grain farmer and the beef farmer. and I'll be honest, uh, the grain farmer and the livestock farmer have never seen eye to eye, even on good years, because the grain farmer wants to get all he can for his grain, and the beef guys and the livestock guys, hog producers, chicken guys, want to get the uh, feed, the grain, uh, as cheap as they can from them. And so in regards to this green feed bit, Every day that goes by, that oats or barley field that's starting to shrivel up, it's going to go beyond being any good for green feed because there's a certain time when it has to be cut and and bailed. And we need assistance, I think, to uh, get it transported when it is uh, done for green feed. And there was nothing said about that uh, yesterday. It was almost a Mickey Mouse uh, system yesterday, what I heard.
0: Uh, Ian, we're going to have sad. to, well, we're going to keep in touch with you and keep uh, filtering the news that you've filtered to me and we appreciate your insight and we'll, we'll bring you back on. This uh, story is obviously, unfortunately, far from over. We appreciate uh, what you do, Ian.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot. Now I'm, pasturing, I'm putting the electric fence in the ditch there to pasture the cattle in the ditch here along the road it's That's where it's coming to now.
0: My goodness. Naturalpork.ca as well if you want to learn more about Ian's operation. (music) Promised you more disco right off the top this morning. It's Mackling and McNabb McGarry returns Monday. We're talking guilty pleasure song. We've likely done this one before, but I frankly don't care. I've been dying to play a certain song for you. This one is one of my guilty pleasures. Full blast. Yes, it's the Bee Gees. How many songs combine a trumpet and a guitar solo? Anyway, most of, most of the Saturday Night Fever songs are outstanding. But I got the validation of my How Deep Is Your Love for this this music. When Foo Fighters released earlier this month their B.G.'s tribute album. It's called Hail Satin It's available only on vinyl the DG's the D is for Dave G is for girl meant to be for me and here's their version of you should be dancing It's a little bit different very good nonetheless Turn it up full blast Seek It Out, You Shall Love It. Cam Poitras, Jeff Forche, Jeff Braun, and Loren McNabb are here. Braun, what is the one song that you never, ever imagined would be a part of your life in 2021? Well, uh, we're going to hear a clip from it now. We're going to get there fast, and then we'll... Down, Sorry, that was
3: loud. Sorry, Braun. Jamaica, yes. Oh. Bermuda, my come, come,
2: come on, pre-
3: The
4: Beach Boys, Kokomo, from the Cocktail soundtrack. Uh, It's been a sort of like a punching bag kind of a song for the last 30 years. People always make fun of it, but I think it's catchy. I like
0: it. It's fun to sing along. I like it. Poitras. Well, here's my pick. Jesus Christ superstar uh, from the movie Uh, Ted uh, Neely just nails that note. Is Jesus Christ? Uh, My dad has been telling me for twenty years about how awesome that musical is. In the last uh, last year or so, I've I've really really gotten into it. And as I got into musicals, so yeah, Jesus Christ superstar, Gethsemane. There, just one of the
1: great. What a great song!
0: Where will you play that real quick? Where will I play that all the time? In my car? Anywhere. I'll play it it. anywhere. I love that. I'd
1: love to pull up next to you in an intersection and have you singing along to Jesus Christ Superstar.
0: There's not enough time, but I was going to do like the whole part where the drums really kick in. And I was, I can't obviously play because we got, don't have enough time, but I rock (laughs) out to that song. Rock out. What song are you rocking out to, uh, Loren, that you never imagined you'd be rocking out to uh, in this day and age?
1: Well, because we did a lip sync to it, or at least my sister and her friends did, with a whole routine for 4-H one year. The routine! Oh, yeah. But then this came on. I have a group of friends that whenever we're together, this song comes out. And then even in the grocery store, it's not really even a guilty pleasure. I'm not ashamed of it, man. Hit it.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, uh,
1: uh, wait, so, so, just, just give me this, guys. Just give me 10 break, more seconds. Break, break the yes, here we go. Yes. Yes. Someday, Wilson Phillips, baby. This song gets me bye. going. I want to put on a off-the-shoulder sweater and like a mini skirt day. and I want to dance.
0: <laughs> if you follow Courtney Wilson from HGTV on Instagram, her and her real estate team did a parody of this song just this week. So uh, check it out. You'll absolutely love it. McNabb. Forche. <laughs> you
1: know, it, it's hard for me to admit that uh, I, I do like this song. Uh, you know, it is guilty pleasure. It's, uh, you know, little Ricky Martin. Are you listening to this in the shower whilst eating
0: beef jerky? No, 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 no. This is on headphones, so nobody knows I'm listening to it. <laughs> The Latin explosion. <laughs> yes, because currently right now I'm wearing a, an Avenged Sevenfold shirt, you know, a hard rock, because that's what I'm really into. So
1: it's, it's hard for me to admit that like this.
0: Turn it up. Outstanding stuff. 204-780-6868. We have a $20 gift card From Santa Lucia Pizza on the line. You gotta tell a little story. Where are you listening to your song that is your guilty pleasure? Is sitting back waiting for brett to read the temperature <laughs> brett's not back until monday loren mcnab greg mackling with you and a little bony m the song is daddy cool comes from our good friend gary jenkins who sends us a picture every single morning on his walk gary you know how much we love that his story that goes along with this is equally as terrific guilty pleasure song and olympics which opened this morning almost go hand in hand for me as a graduate of the faculty of physical education the theme song of our student association is daddy cool by boney m my first university social happened the night ben johnson "Quote unquote, one gold in 1988. We stopped the social and huddled around a small TV for the race. And the party that night was out of control. The sorrow that followed took a lot of shine off the Olympics and out of the Olympic experience for me. But I try and catch the cycling and Summer Olympics, and but never athletics. Oh boy, the I remember Johnson that day. Situation. I was in,
1: I was in my friend Shauna's basement." In Menadoza, we were watching and cheering and screaming, and it was just so exciting. And then, of course, the fallout there uh, after learning about basically the steroid scandal. Wow, I for- I- it's not that I forgot about that, but that's you know, that's part and parcel why we have this question of the day today, Greg. The idea that. Olympics used to bring so much joy to so many people and I and I certainly think they still do and I'm very proud of all the athletes from Manitoba and Canada that are over there and I will personally be watching and cheering them on but I know it's hard you know the shine of the Olympics is not there for everybody and particularly now with COVID so just as a reminder to our listeners head to com for our question of the day we're asking you the Olympics are officially underway are you watching and you've got a couple options there. Yes, always fun to cheer on Canada. No, I'm conflicted. I don't think they should be happening with COVID. And the third one is no, I simply don't care. So weigh in. And of course, the question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid
0: helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca or give them a call 204-987-6890 and by the way, no I don't care over half the votes are right now. We start this half hour with mental wellness and mental wellness initiatives have been front and centre in our province this week if you've been paying attention. On Monday the province announced it is working on a five-year mental health action plan. Man- Manitoba Mental Health, Wellness and Recovery Minister Audrey Gordon said the government is in the consultation phase of a plan aimed at supporting and coordinating a system for prevention, treatment, and recovery. The action plan will focus on five key areas, evidence-based, data-driven services, service access and coordination, substance use and recovery, and population health and wellness, along with a service governance and accountability factor.
1: I think COVID has really brought into the limelight just how much our mental wellness uh, is at stake and how much we have to work better to recognize that everybody will go through some sort of form of mental health challenge in their life maybe for, for months maybe for years maybe it'll be a thing you live with but we're all talking about it now and and also talking about it are the Winnipeg Police because the Winnipeg Police Association the union representing officers has joined forces with behavioral health unit to announce a new partnership agreement with Wounded Warriors Canada. And Wounded Warriors, in case those don't know, they they traditionally work with veterans and first responders uh, on issues of mental health, and they're now working with the Winnipeg Police Service and their families. And so we thought this was a pretty great initiative, and we want to talk a bit more about it with Mo Sabarin, president of the Police Association. Hi, Mo.
4: Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Greg. Thank you for having me on this morning.
1: Well, thanks for taking the time. And you know, like I said, I think this past year has really brought into the limelight just how important we need to the 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 work we need to do with our mental wellness. And I think your officers have seen a lot over the decades, but perhaps nothing like this year. And so, before we get into how they're doing, let's just talk about what already exists for resources for police officers and, and why why you felt the need to connect with wounded warriors
4: yeah absolutely you know we we have a very robust uh, behavioral health unit but uh what we learned from our uh, mental health and workplace culture survey is that uh that we needed more resources we uh i'm sure you've seen the results uh, we have a lot of members that are are really hurting and uh unfortunately our behavioral health unit can't deal with the volume so uh, we felt the need to partner with uh, some other organizations, uh, you know Wounded Warriors is uh, recently um, in the previous months, we partnered also with OSI Canada, which uh, is out of uh, um, Manitoba here. Uh, we also have resources through the uh, military family resource center that um, that will help our members. And it's not just our, our current members that uh, that are hurting. We we do hear from a lot of retired members that um, you know when life uh, isn't so busy that the demons come back and there's night intrusions and and now you really start thinking about some of the horrible things that uh, that you'll never be able to unsee. Uh, recently, we had the murder of a three-year-old toddler, and our members that attend there, I think, will have some issues into the future if not already you know so we know that our people are our most important resource and that's why we we need to get them help as soon as we can and and uh, make sure that they're taken care of.
0: You mentioned that survey of uh, really the wellness survey and the happiness index with regard to police uh, officers in our city and those results. Very eye opening on a a bunch of different fronts, really, Mo. But admitting that there's an issue, I think, is step one here with regard to mental wellness. Have police always faced their own mental wellness challenges head on as, as a group?
4: Um, I don't think we always have. Uh, I think uh, in the past, it, uh, uh, people thought it would be a, a sign of weakness to reach out. Um, I think there is still some, some of that lingering uh, thinking, uh, and, and we're trying to break down those, uh, those stigmas and make sure that uh, the members know that they can reach out and it's not going to negatively affect any sort of a career path. And I, I think that sometimes is always in the, in the back uh, of our members' minds. But uh, we really need to provide as many resources. And having resources outside of the service as well um, helps with that because then there's the not the concern that, well, somebody's going to find out, right? So it's, um, it's, it's more confidentiality for members to reach out and, and get that help that they, they truly need.
1: The line you just used there, Mo, somebody is going to find out. Tell me a bit more about that feeling because that's still so unfortunately, predominant, one of the thoughts people have and say, if I put up in my hand and say I'm struggling mentally, am I going to be judged for that? And we're trying so hard to create a world where that's not the case. But that's why the confidentiality is important, because people sometimes struggle to, to say, hey, I need help over here. And they don't want people to know.
5: Yeah,
4: absolutely. And and that was something that um, uh, came to light in the survey. Um, and, that, and that's why we're so concerned about it, because there's people out there that need help, but uh, aren't Reaching out for it, so if if we can provide those services outside of the service, um, then I think we're going to have uh, I think more success. Not that that we're going to know about it, but at least the the uh, the help is there for them.
0: Mo, you know, as you and Loren broached that side of the topic about coming forward and being open about what you're dealing with, I think we've gotten to the other side where, for as good as we've become at discussing these situations, there's almost a revolt in some people's minds with regard to this. And so now you come forward with how you're feeling, you're open and honest about your emotional state or or mental well-being, and you get the pushback. Oh, come on, you're fine. I, I know you're you're just playing the system. So, so you get that side of it as well. It, it really sticks you in the middle potentially about coming forth, doesn't it?
4: Yes, you know, absolutely, and and uh, again, you know, leader, uh, work, uh, workplace culture was uh, was part of the survey, and unfortunately, that that is a feeling that uh, um, there there are people out there, unfortunately, that will um, you know dismiss uh, those types of concerns, and we've seen that in the survey, and that again, that's why we we figured we we need to get our people some help. And if it if it's outside of the organization, then it uh, it takes that concern away from from the members and they're more likely to reach out for that help.
0: Well, thank you for this. Uh, The clock's gotten away on us. We're going to have to let you run. But let's connect on this again. It's an important issue, not just in the Winnipeg Police Service, but uh, for our entire community. We appreciate you.
3: Oh,
4: thank you very much. I appreciate that,
0: Mo Sabrin, joining us this morning, President of the Winnipeg Police Association. We go to the United States when we return. COVID nineteen numbers out of control in many parts of that country. We'll find out why. We'll find out what's being suggested and, and what does it mean for opening the border between Canada and the United States. Hey, we've been talking a lot about travel this week after learning vaccinated Americans will be able to come to Canada August 9th. When will Canadians be able to head south is the bigger unknown. The United States said earlier this week that it was extending the border closure to non-essential travel through August 21st, McNabb.
1: Yeah. And so, of course, there's lots of people who want to head south. We spoke to the Fargo mayor earlier this week about his desire to see Canadians there. But there is something we have to keep an eye on. You know, would you go if you could? Because right now, COVID case counts show no signs of slowing down in the states. And that's largely driven by the Delta variant. Yesterday, Florida had its highest daily case count since April with 9,000 cases in one day. And of course, it's not the only state that's struggling right now. Jennifer Johnson, with global national out of washington joins us now good morning jennifer good morning thanks for having me well thanks for taking the time I, I do want to ask you a travel question but let's start with where we're seeing these case counts climbs is and and the issue we're having with the delta variant
2: well that's right the COVID 19 new case count is rising in 46 states across america uh, predominantly the, the greatest increases are in the south and the midwest among uh, states that have the lowest vaccination rates. Florida leading the way, Texas, Missouri, Alabama, uh, some of the other states that are seeing massive increases. Alabama only has 34% of its population fully vaccinated and their hospitalizations are skyrocketing. And, um, you know, we're, we're just seeing a 50% increase week to week in cases. We uh, currently this week is seeing 1,000 new cases of COVID-19 an hour here in America. And it's very frustrating for federal health officials who really want to put this pandemic behind us. Uh, But there's just millions and millions of Americans who refuse to get vaccinated, particularly in uh, these southern states. And so the cases the case count keeps rising.
0: So on both sides of the border, questions about who should be coming, who should be going. We're getting text messages this morning from our listeners, Jennifer, saying with this situation in the States, why are we opening the border? And then on the flip side, uh, do we know why the United States isn't welcoming Canadians at this point? I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Canadian government had said, you know what, maybe it's not a good idea for us to go there. But for the United States to say we're not ready for Canadians to cross the border, it feels weird. What's the situation? situation there.
2: Well, I, I think you're right. I, I mean, it, it would make more sense if Canada was, you know, Canada's full fully vaccination rate is higher than America's at this point, even though we started vaccinating people much sooner. Um, but I think you're right. It, it made more sense for it to be in the reverse. I think that the Biden administration is just nervous about bringing more people here because our, our rates are going up. And so dramatically. So I, I just think that's that's the situation. I mean, there are hospitals um, in Nevada, in Missouri, uh, in Alabama, several other states that are getting overwhelmed again at a time when people are traditionally on vacation. This isn't a you know big flu season, big cold season. It's not you know, there's really no reason for hospitalization, ICU rates to be going through the roof again, but it's because of COVID-19 and the Delta variant. 83% of the cases here in America are because of the Delta variant and 99% of the people who are getting COVID and are dying of COVID and are hospitalized with COVID are unvaccinated.
1: So is that vaccination rate we've heard about that sort of slowing down? Is that still the case in most parts of the country? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, in some parts of the country, it's come to a dead halt. They're just, I think
2: the message when this all began under the previous administration was, you know, get the vaccine if, if you know, you're nervous about it, but you don't have to, you know, this isn't any worse than the flu. And so there are a lot of people who just feel like, you know, it's too new, it's not safe, it's not proven, uh, and they just refuse to get vaccinated. And so, you know, the result is, as I said, you know, if 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 they get it there's still a good chance that you're ending up in the hospital particularly with this delta variant um being so transmissible and there's a good chance you know there's still a chance you can die of this i shouldn't say a good chance there's still a chance you could die of this and um you know the biden administration has tried everything i mean there's Uh, public service announcements on television. They have press conferences twice a week. Um, The federal health officials, the CDC, asking people to get vaccinated. They've had programs where people are going door to door. They've reached out to clergy and community groups. But you still have a a big big percentage of the population reluctant to get the shot.
0: Jennifer Johnson, Global National, thank you so much. Joining us from Washington this morning.
2: Thanks, guys. Nice talking with you.
0: It was dave grohl's fault the foo fighters fault for starting all this conversation about guilty pleasure songs we played this song earlier in the morning and i wanted to play it for you now you should be dancing it's their cover you can find it on youtube if you want to uh Watch it multiple times. It's fantastic. If you like the Foo Fighters, if you like the Bee Gees, if you like them both, one, the other, or both, it does not matter. It's Mackling and McNabb with you on a Friday. Loren is 24 minutes from holidays for two weeks. Brett McGarry is on his way to Minidosa. Worlds are colliding here we minutes. We're here for it. We are here for it. 23 minutes. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Rob and Sue uh, Narrow, says, uh, where's McGarry? Bring him back. We, we've just had too much fun this morning. Brett's back on Monday. Hey, um, speaking of fun, the Olympics officially get underway today. Question of the day, CJB.com. Will you be watching?
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a good question for all sorts of reasons. You might have reasons to watch, reasons not to watch, but there's a lot of fanfare that go into these games. Of course, these ones are happening in COVID times. So opening ceremonies, Greg, they took place earlier today in Tokyo and they were far less flash and far fewer people than they normally would have. I don't know if people caught that because, of course, Tokyo was 14 hours ahead of us. And so if you are planning to watch to plan on to cheer some locals, uh, you're going to do need to do something. You're going to need to plan to plan to watch because of that time difference. And if you're cheering on one of the locals to watch for, well, maybe you want to pay attention to the name Tyler Mislachuk. He's from Oak Bluff. He's a triathlete. He's had a pretty tremendous year in his sport, and his years, plural, of work and training all come to a head Sunday in Tokyo, and so we're pleased now to welcome on Jared Spire of Triathlon Manitoba to speak about Tyler and what they've got planned this weekend to help cheer him on. Good morning, Jared.
5: Good morning. Yes, yeah, thank you for having us on. We're uh, pretty excited about it. The one great thing about triathlon is that it's a 6:30 a.m. start in Tokyo, so it's 4:30 p.m. on Sunday here which is just perfect viewing time. It's one of the few events I think that's going to work out really well for viewers.
0: So though, those of us maybe unfamiliar with Tyler, maybe you can give us a, a little bit of a elevator pitch if you'd like, because some of us have been following his career for a long time, Jared, and he he really is a, a threat to win a medal. Is he not?
5: Yeah, absolutely. He won the Olympic test event. He won his last world cup. He is certainly a medal favorite going into the Olympic games. And, uh, you know, it's a case of it couldn't happen to someone someone better. He he has earned the position that he's in. Um, he was, you know, too small to keep playing hockey uh, as all of the kids around him started to grow bigger and bigger. And uh, he's got some special gifts that he works really really hard and can take a high workload. Has an amazing aerobic output, and one of the other incredible things for Tokyo. Is he handles heat and humidity very, very well. So the Tokyo event it just seems like it's it's set for him. You know, as we're out there suffering trying to mow our lawns uh, in this heat, he's uh, he's the kind of guy who excels in it.
1: He's soaking it up. I think it's going to be 31 in Tokyo Sunday. That's the high. So, of course, they start a little bit earlier, as you mentioned, just sort of maybe to help beat yeah. off that heat, Jared, because that is important. You want them to at least have a bit of cooler temperatures if they can. Just Just before I ask you my next question, remind me again this event in terms of what the kilometers and distance are for the swimming, biking and running.
5: Yeah, so it starts with the swim, uh, and it's 1,500 meters swim, so just under a mile. And then the bike ride is 40 kilometers. That'll take the guys uh, a little under an hour to get through. And then the run is a 10-kilometer run, which uh, amazingly for Tyler will be probably like 30 minutes. Um, and it's, it's just insane, like the, the swim time, the bike time, the run time – They've been getting so much faster the last few years, and uh, well, the last few decades. They're at the point now where, that, like Tyler's run times, would be Olympic qualifiers a few decades ago, um, and he's doing that after an hour and a half of exercise. Um, so well, not exercise flat out racing yeah, so,
1: yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not like me on a treadmill or something jared so let's yeah. just be it's not it's not just a random jog down the street so but but for him then too you talked about the attributes he has to sort of work in this heat and the his exemplary work ethic but this is his second games but it's fair to say this time he's a he's really a contender this time around
5: yeah, he was still a little bit green when he got, went to Rio. And uh, I think it was a great experience for him, but he was also coming in with a bit of an injury. Um, and now, you know, he understands what it takes to compete at that highest level because, you know, a sport like triathlon, we don't have the Stanley Cup, we don't have the Super Bowl happening every year. Um, there's world championships and that's that's super prestigious, but nothing is the Olympic stage. So everybody in the sport gets up to their absolute best for this event, and and Tyler's at a point where he's he's with those, those best, and he's looking forward to taking on this challenge.
0: J- Jared Spire is our guest. He's with Triathlon Manitoba. We are going to tell you about an event they're organizing where you can gather and uh, cheer on Tyler from afar. But you mentioned that Tyler uh, was... You know, Green in Rio, he was 15th. And I think a lot of us will remember... Uh, 2000, the Sydney Games, when I think it was Simon Whitfield won our first gold medal at those Olympics in the triathlon. So there is some pedigree here for Canada. And I I was curious as to how much something like a gold medal from a Simon Whitfield or perhaps a medal performance of some sort, gold, silver or bronze uh, for Tyler Mislachuk might grow the triathlon community, not only across Canada, but specifically in Manitoba.
5: Yeah, it's, uh, I would say, honestly, it's immeasurable. Um, I was fortunate enough, I got into triathlon personally in 2000. Um, so it was just starting my first race season and got to see what happened when Simon won gold. And uh, like, it, it just changed the, the interest in the sport. Everybody suddenly understood what triathlon was and that it wasn't just Ironman. Uh, because Ironman is a great challenge in its own right, but I mean, it's a special type of person who wants to go all day. <laughs> um, there's a much more casual and enjoyable way to do triathlon that, uh, that I think a lot of people, you know, enjoyed and, and it also rewards speed, which is, is something that's kind of nice, not to say that the people at the top end of Ironman aren't mm-hmm. going, you know, very fast as well, but, but it's just something different. And uh, yeah, certainly the way that Simon came onto the scene and then, I mean, his race in Sydney was incredible. And as you say, like it happened just before, I think the opening ceremonies and uh, it's sort of the Mm -hmm. same thing that triathlon is very early in this, in the ceremonies. And it has the chance that if we do get a medal, uh you know it starts that momentum um like i can think back to simon and even before that mark tubesbury uh, you know the early medal earners for canada and it it just starts a little bit of a momentum so i'm not sure if it'll be the same this year with no athletes village um you know or at least not not the same athletes village and and everything like that but i i've got to assume that if if you get that uh that spark it'll happen it, it for canada and definitely, it's going to happen for triathlon. Um, it, it's just an, a great opportunity as well, just the amount of uh, you know, interest and, uh, and support that Tyler is getting. Uh, the, he's already raised the level of our sport uh, oh, and it. the profile of the sport. So yeah, it's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's just the way you keep momentum going. We talk about how the impact the games can have on future athletes, right? And so speaking of future athletes who might be watching Tyler on Sunday, you guys are doing something pretty neat at Birds Hill Park. You have a viewing event. Although I don't know if I want to participate in some of the things you're going to swim, bike or run or do all three before the triathlon or how's this working? We
5: are inviting people out (laughs) to spend the afternoon, you know, doing some kind of swim, bike or run activity. Um, So you're kind of, you're on your own in Bird's Hill Park because Bird's Hill Park is just, you know, that's where we hosted the Pan Am games. That's where the Canada games were recently. There's always events there. There's always triathletes training out there. So it's, it's the place to be. Um, and we're really excited to invite people out. Yeah, spend the afternoon, swim, bike, and run. We have, uh, it's pre-registration only for the viewing event because we have to control the numbers um, to make sure that we're still COVID safe and compliant with the public health orders. Obviously, that's very important to everybody in Manitoba right now. Um, but if people want to go to our website, triathlonmanitoba.ca, or just Google triathlon Manitoba, you'll be able to find information. The tickets, like we've kept the tickets to five dollars. Um, so, and we just found out this morning that we'll be able to. Uh, Coca Cola is one of Tyler's sponsors, and they're they're sponsoring the event uh, or supporting the event with us. And so everybody will get a free Coca Cola or or whatever product. Um, like a Coca-Cola product as they come through the the gates. And uh, we've got a 14-foot by 7-foot television that, uh, or LED wall, I guess, at that point that we'll put up and invite everybody out to to watch the event there. It's in the Folkfest parking lot, so the space available is just massive. The LED wall that we have is big enough that we're not going to have any issues with people spacing and making sure that they're comfortable out there. Um, But as as I say, the only thing to manage all of that is that it is pre-registration only, so people won't just be able to walk up on the day. But uh, we would still encourage people to get out and swim, bike, run, to get some idea of of what Tyler's going through. And then absolutely, like, 4 o'clock is probably when the broadcast will start. Uh, 4.30 is when the race is set to start, and it would be over before 630 and we'll have links to all of that. Uh, it's available online for full streaming. Uh, we'll have links to that on our website as well. Uh, once those links, once we kind of, know where they are and have the live links we'll make sure to post those for people who want to get behind Tyler and support the event as well.
0: Oh, My heart is bursting with pride right now Jared the way you guys are going above and beyond to make sure there's an opportunity for people to support Tyler and his incredible pursuit of this Olympic dream, Olympics number two, maybe a medal in his future. This is wonderful Jared. Thanks for uh, sharing this with us and and we wish wish everyone good luck uh, including Including Tyler. So if, you, if you're talking to him or can send him a message, I, I know I'm speaking on behalf of thousands of our listeners who, who can't wait for Sunday. Thanks for this, my friend.
5: Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much.
0: Jared Spire, Triathlon Manitoba. Go on their website. Only 150 spots available. Five bucks each, but you can get together. A viewing party in support of one of Manitoba's great athletes, Tyler Mislawchuk, as he competes in the
1: triathlon at the Tokyo Olympics. I like how he also threw in, you can swim, bike, or, or walk. It wasn't that old... You know, you could do all three, which is what the triathlon is, but you could also just do one of those things or just watch, right? I mean, lots of ways to support.
0: What a wonderful way to go about this. Olivia Neutron Bomb, as one of our listeners called her, with uh, Let's Get Physical, one of those guilty pleasure songs we've been celebrating today.